0: Just get, I, I guess, I, I don't know, better way to describe it, acidic, you know, in in my attitude uh, towards all that's going on. But I can tell you that I hate the devil, and and I hate that he deceives people. I hate that he blinds people. I hate, I hate everything about him. I hate everything that he does, everything he says, everything that he tries to coerce people into doing, and. I hate that that he is such a representation of pride and arrogance, and and uh, fools us and and tries to get us to do the same thing and think the same way that he does, and 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 I do. I, I just hate the devil, and and I thank God that that he doesn't allow the devil to do anything to us other than what God allows to happen, and he doesn't allow anything to happen in this country other than what he allows to happen, and. We know that he is allowing these things to happen to, number one, to wake up the believer. And then number two is to save those that are unsaved and see the mercy and the greatness of our God. And, and the devil is just, can, just continues to feed us with lies. And this system continues to uh, force feed that in down the throats of those that are believers. And we just need to stay strong. And, and we need to stay strong in our faith. We need to stay strong in our walk and our obedience to God's word. And, and so that, that's why we're here today. We want to hear from God. And we want to, we've we praised him, we worshipped him, we, we've worshipped him through encouraging one another and uh, through prayer, through our giving, through our time. And so let's, let's praise him some more by hearing what God's word has to say and, and bowing to it and submitting to it and Doing what it is that the world shows it, that the word shows that we ought to do, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I did look up a, a few st- statistics, and and to to remind us of the importance of the father in the home, I find it interesting that 65 percent of uh, those who are black. Uh, in America are living in a one-parent home. And so whenever you see children today that are, that, are, that are black, 65% of them are living in a home where there's only one parent. majority of those are probably the mom. And I thought maybe the American Indian would be even higher, but it's lower. It's 53% of the American Indian children are living in a home where there's one parent. There's over 19 million kids today in America that live at home without a father. 25% of these families are, 25% of our families are fatherless. And it tells us that of the black families, 72% of babies are born out of wedlock. 63%, and this is the last statistic, 63% 63% of youth suicides take place in a home where they're fatherless. Now, when you give thought to this, and, and, you know, and I know we can make statistics lie at times, but I don't believe that these statistics are lying at all. And I, and I see the importance of the family dichotomy being what it is that God wants it to be. And you wonder why the family is attacked so hard, but it really doesn't take a rocket scientist. All you have to go is to go back into Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3, and there we see that it is the marriage, the, 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 the marriage between a man and a woman that God ordains. And first institution that God ever ordained was marriage. And he tells us that a man, that, that it's good to find a wife. And, and it tells us that we ought to uh, uh, cleave to our wife and leave our mother and our father and cleave unto our wife and, and love our wives as Christ loved the church. And, and so it, it, it uh, doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that Satan is going to do everything he can then to destroy that very first institution that God ordained. And so it is a battle and and it's a battle every day and it's a battle that that we need to be in and, and involved in and understand that that uh, we we need to be doing our part as fathers to be the godly individual that we need to be and yes ladies you need to be the godly wife that God has called you to be and the helpmate to your husband that he's called you to be and and to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and and in our society today, we see that many have given that up. Many have given it up that they have the children, but then they, let's let the government take the, take the place of the parents. And may I say, and, and I know I can get myself in trouble with this, but, but whenever we look at the, the, the higher statistics of fatherless families, you will see that there is more government aid in those families. The government is a failure. Do we understand that? The government is a failure because the government is made up of men like men and women like us that have feet of clay. And so we're going to make mistakes and we're going to make bad decisions and, and if someone doesn't even have the Holy Spirit to guide them, they're going to be making decisions that are ungodly and unrighteous and unbiblical. And so the, the, the government is failing in being what God has made you as fathers to be and so we need to understand that we do not need the government and butting their nose into our families and they definitely you do not give up your right as a father and as a mother and allow the government to raise your children but we're doing it there's all kinds of families that are doing it and we see that our country is falling apart, and the two main reasons that they're falling apart, first of all, is they're not following God, and secondly, the dads are walking away from their families. Some not by choice, but many are, and either way, we see that children are growing up without their dads. And so Satan knows this, and so without God, we, he knows that the family will be dysfunctional, and. With this dysfunctionality that's going to be carried on in our in in our families, then there's going to be uh, casualties along the way, and the family will be destroyed. And when the family is destroyed, the church is destroyed, the communities are destroyed, and and our society is destroyed. And we see that. And 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 I, I just I don't know how to how to be other than blunt. And and. You know, and sometimes my wife is hiding behind the computer today because I'm sure she's saying, I don't know what he's getting ready to say, but Lord, let it be something that, that is not going to get us in trouble. But this message today is going to be blunt. And I want you to know why, because I'm standing here and, and I pastor this group and I'm trying to shepherd this, this group that's here. And I want you to, t- I want you to know that many of you your families are falling apart right now, and the main reason being is because you, as men, are not doing what you ought to do. I, I'm I'm truly frustrated. I talked to West this week. And I said, "What can we change? Is there am, am I too soft on something? Am, am I not preaching on something? Are there are there holes in the in the in, in in what we're doing? And and but but I just continue. It's like week after week after week." I hear the casualty of another family and a, and another marriage blowing up and 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 seeing that and 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 it and it breaks my heart to see that and and how we need to understand and and I don't know if if sometimes you're just preaching to the wind or preaching to the back wall or whatever but let me tell you and. Let me tell you that you might think that this Bible is antiquated and and you might think that you have a better idea in how to run your family and and you might think that you have a better way to love your husband or love your wife and, and you might think that you have a better way to raise your children than what God's Word says and when you try that, you will fail. And other people are going to be picking up the pieces we need to get back to the good old-fashioned Word of God and, and understand that when we abide by it and we live by it, that God blesses that and, and can and will use you to, to, to raise a godly, strong family for Him. And oh, how we need that. Oh, how we need that in today's society. How we need that in our community. How we need that in our churches today how we need to stand according to what God tells us. And so, guys, this is for you today. But it's also, ladies, as you look at this and you remember your position as a wife and you remember that you're the helpmeet to your husband and that you ought to be encouraging him to be exactly this and, and helping him along the way instead of trying to get in the way or trying to disrupt that. And so he tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and guys, this really would be a good verse to memorize, and it's pretty easy to memorize. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. Pretty simple. And so we see the four things that, four commands, four imperatives to be a man of God. And he tells us, first of all, he he says, watch ye. And 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 so, you, you know, there there are those that, that uh still you know they they chirped to me about using the king james but it's really pretty simple when it says watch ye ye and you is always plural thee and thou is singular and so you can understand then when he says thee or thou you know that he's talking to one person well here we know that god isn't talking to just one person he's talking to everybody and here and today he's talking to those that are that that are men today, and you need to be watching, and and you need to be staying awake, and you need to be alert, and and you need to be watchful, and and a continual readiness to guard and protect your family. Tells us over in and and, and this this kind of gives you more of an idea of this uh, of this word to 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 watch, and and it tells us in Matthew twenty six and verse forty one, he says telling his disciples who were sleeping on the bench when he was praying in the garden at Gethsemane watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak we also know that in the book of Acts we, we see here another example of this in, in Acts chapter 20 in verses 30 through 32 and And here it tells us, it says, Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Guys, do you realize that? Do you realize that there are all kinds of voices in this world today that are that are trying to de- deceive you, and uh, hey, this is the things that you ought to do with your family. These are the things that you ought to do with your wife. These are the things that you ought to be doing in 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 uh, society, and and I, I don't know, being powerful and having money and driving all the new cars or whatever else that Satan throws at you. And there are always those that are out there, and they're and they're speaking perverse things, and they're trying to draw away disciples after them, and. And and this might get a little bit personal today, but I I pray that you don't take it as a personal attack, okay? But there are going to be those out there that that have walked away from their families, guys, and and they've walked away from their wife and and they're gonna sit down with you and and they're gonna tell you how great their life is now and, and how wonderful it is that they don't have the old lady telling them what to do and and they don't have to deal with the responsibilities of their children. And, and they can just live some life as, as some billy goat turned loose and, and go from woman to woman to woman and, and, and tell you how exciting of a life it is and how much fun it is. And, and you think, oh, that's not going to happen. Yes, it does. And it happens right here in Fort Morgan. And sometimes it has even happened in Platte Valley Baptist Church. Oh, how careful we need to be because they want to draw you away because you'll find out that they're living in the depths of hell and and they're living in a place that is complete darkness and and they're doing and they and, and it's like a drowning man and somebody comes out to save them and they're pushing your head down under, trying to save themselves. and all they're going to do is drag you down with them. Be careful, therefore watch and remember, that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now brethren, he's talking to those that know Christ. He calls them brethren, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those that have the Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them or should be leading them and guiding them. And, and, And I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace who is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Oh, how careful we need to be, guys. And and we need to watch, and and we need to be paying attention. and, And so what do we watch? Well, first of all, before you ever deal with your family, you need to watch yourselves. You need to be careful in the things that you're doing. You need to be careful in how you're living. You need to make sure that you're being the spiritual example to your family. Do you realize you only get one chance at this? And one day your kids are going to grow up and they're going to be gone. And you're going to look back and then you're going to wonder, oh, what could I have done differently? And, and, and look, you just got to live your life with no regrets. And so you need to make sure that you get it right the first time. And, and so be the spiritual leader that, that you ought to be. Be the spiritual leader that it doesn't matter what everybody else says. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't even matter what your kids are telling you. You need to do what God shows you and tells you that you ought to be doing. We watch ourselves and so we're the spiritual leader, but you also need to lead physically. You need to set the right example. Job said in Job 31 and verse 1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maiden? It tells us in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. I won't go there to read that. But, but it tells us that there's, there, there's three paths of sin. There's three types of temptation that, that Satan is going to use. He's lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Those are the three ways that he's going to attack you. One of those three. Guys, probably one of the most powerful one is the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. It is so easy today. May I say, according to the statistics, over 70% of the men sitting in this auditorium today are looking at porn regularly. How is that righteous? How, how, is, that, how is that righteous in any way? It tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18, he gives us a command there and says, flee fornication. You know the word fornication is porneo, for porn. Oh, we, we like to, you know, and, 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 and I don't even, <clears throat> I struggle with this because I just watch families falling apart, okay? Okay. Flee fornication. Shut off the computer. Turn off your phone. Put covenant eyes on it. Do something. Do something to stop the, the trash that is filling your minds. Stop treating your wife like a piece of meat and stop thinking that that's all that she is. And, and look, you, you might think you're getting away with this, but your children are watching everything that you do. And oh, how careful we need to be how we need to watch ourselves. Exodus 20, verse 14. What does it say? Thou shalt not commit adultery. It goes on in verse 17, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And so we give thought to this, and 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 I don't know, I there's a there's a pack out there today, and it's probably worldwide, but but it's they've they've left their spouses and they're and they're running single and, and and many of these many of these tell me or tell others that I am a child of God and then they're living in they're they're living in a life of sin they're living in fornication they're living in adultery and they're doing all of the things that a married couple ought, has the right to do and a godly right to do and here they are living like this and saying. I'm a child of God, but yes, in front of you and in front of God and everybody else, I am doing what I want to do, and it really doesn't matter, but God's still going to bless me. No, He's not. Get it right. Get it right. Look, I'm not here to judge, but I'm telling you, get it right. Do it right. Do it right according to God. And look, if you're married today, stay married. And if you're not married, then don't be practicing All of the benefits of marriage and think that it's okay and this is a culture and it's okay. God's word says it's not and it's not. I was disgusted when we went a number of years ago and the doctor asked Carrot if she had taken some kind of a shot for sexual promiscuity more or less. I'm glad I wasn't in there. My wife was. Or I'd have probably just decked the doctor. It's None of your business. And then you tell them that they're saving themselves for marriage and the whole society laughs and mocks. And so we start believing the lies of Satan. Believing that we can live our lives however way that we want. And guys, we walk around in filthy minds and filthy actions and, and, and all of these filthy thoughts that we have and think that all things are going to be okay. Why in the world do you think our world is burning? Why do you think God is not pleased with what's going on? Let us get our hearts right. And let us just do the right thing. That's what I'm asking. That's what God's wanting us to do. And Guys, we need to watch. We need to guard. We need to guard the children, guard our children and who they date. And yes, it's okay to have a chaperone. And yes, it's okay to have Life 360 on the phone. And yes, it's okay to take the keys away and say, no, you're not going anywhere. And yes, it's okay, dads, to say, look, I don't like this boy. But here's why. And here's what I want to see in a young man that's going to come and and date you. And it's okay to tell your boys that I'm not sure that I really trust this young lady. And I want you to be careful. And I want you to be able to talk to me about anything, any questions that you might have. Guys, you ever realize that if you won't answer the questions that your children have, they're going to go somewhere to get answers to their questions and majority of that time it's not going to be the answers that are godly we need to be able to talk to our kids and our children ought to be able to talk to us about anything you guys will probably think i'm way too abrupt on this but i gave my children some spiritual counseling a couple of days ago about marriage I told him, I said, first of all, I said, if I ever cheat on my wife, I pray that God kills me. I do. I I never want to get to that. I've seen too many preachers ruin their entire lives and their entire ministry because of that. And then they try to recover from it. I'd rather God just take me out. And I hope that he would. I hope the same thing for my wife. And let me tell you. If I ever catch a guy messing with my wife, just read the end of Proverbs 6, and it'll give your ending. And you you might not think that it's right, but the adultery that's rampant in our society today, that is rampant in our community today, should not be in God's house. Get it right. We need to watch and be careful. And why? Because secondly, we need to stand fast in the faith. Is it God's Word or is it not? Does God's Word tell us how we ought to live or does it not? Or is it just a recommendation? Or, 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 or is it maybe like some kind of Kool-Aid mix where where you can take the mix of Scripture and, and you can put it in the water and, and then you can bring some of the teachings of the world and sprinkle that in there too and, and, and maybe bring a little bit of the spices from, from carnality and, and put that in there too and, and stir it all up and make your own concoction of Christianity and, and say that this is what you guys need to drink and, you know, that is the problem. I think there's a lot of preachers that have stirred that all up and, and led to a confusion of of what's right and what's wrong. And maybe that is why I'm a little bit blunt in these things, because it seems like we just we we can we can give flowery speech and people can go out of here and they and they later they're thinking, I wonder what he said. I don't want you to ever think that. I mean, there might be times where you think, man, I don't know if he should have said that. But I sure don't want you ever going out of here thinking, I wonder what he's talking about. And look, I say these things not because I hate you or not, not even, yeah, there are some that in their lives that I do get pretty ticked off when when you're living like the devil and you're living like the rest of the world and, and then you're prancing around out there and telling everybody that you're a child of God and that you're a part of Platte Valley Baptist Church and you're living like that. Help us. Help us, Lord, to stand. Help us to watch and let us stand fast in the faith. The world is watching. My wife is watching. My children are watching. The church is watching. The, the children of the church are, the children of the church, kind of, like the children of the corn, you know, so the children of the church are, are are watching, you know, and God is watching. You know, there are times where you meet up with the Father, much like a chaperone visit from a dad who sees his children once a week at the park. You treat your faith and nourishing of it like you're checking your own life insurance. Your walk, your faith, your relationship with your Savior, re- your relationship with the church. Yes, your relationship with the church. People in our society today just think that, that church is something that you go to one uh, an hour a week and and that it really has no importance in your life other than making your conscience feel better, but do you understand that it's the that it's the, the church that is the institution that Jesus Christ died for? That He's the head of? And we as believers need to be a part of one? We need to represent Christ well. But all these things are put on the back burner and thrown into the closet and walked on, stamped on, and forgotten. Instead, we sacrifice our wives for money we sacrifice our wives for some bimbo that's down the street and you think the grass is going to be greener and then you find out you just ran off with the devil's wife you sacrifice your children leave them for your wife to raise who then is needing help and so the government is so quick to step in and Then you see your children are then questioning about being able to trust anybody, and and, and then they start living their lives, and they're thinking this is just the way it is, and then pretty soon teen teen pregnancy is jumping out out of all the statistics, and so then the government comes in and convinces that young lady that she needs to take the life of that baby. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. That's talking to people that know what they're supposed to be doing. says, You're not any better than than a faithless unbeliever. So he goes on, he says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be courageous. Be valiant. Act like a man. Be manly. I did. I saw a picture of a guy at a gas station wearing a tutu. I thought it was Governor Polis. I find it sad today. I find it sad that how we have feminized our men. I find it sad today that men have to be soft. And I'm not talking about being compassionate. I'm not talking about being merciful. I'm not talking about being godly. I'm talking about being soft. And I as a society, God told Joshua that you need to be strong. Look over in Joshua 1 and verse 8. Guys, there, there may be a time where, where you are scared. And you're thinking, okay, I do want to do it right. I do want to be what God wants me to be. Lord, there's a lot of struggles with this. There's a lot of challenges that come from this. God told Joshua in verse 8 of chapter 1, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want to be successful as a father? Then read the Word of God. Do you want to be successful as a man of God? Then read the Word of God. Do you want to be the kind of husband that that God is going to bless? Do you really want to be prosperous in in what is truly eternal and and that's going to last for eternity and and leave a godly legacy behind? Then read the Word of God and apply the Word of God. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says and, and it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing and even when society is telling you that you need to get rid of the wranglers and wear your tutu, don't give them up and act like a man. And if somebody doesn't like that, it's okay. Lead your family. Make the decisions for your family. Love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Love your children. Raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and and be willing to sacrifice everything so that you can lead and guide a godly family. And be a man. That's what He's telling you. Be a man. Oh, we have too many that you know, it sickens me too when, when you, I'm sorry, man, you see some guy come walking into church and he's dragging along behind and, and he's just kind of like got this chain in his nose and, and mama's bringing him into the church because you can see, ah, she can go, she can go to church and she can take the kids, but man, I got more manly things to do. I got a bud light and sit in my recliner and watch football and, and be manly and godly and I ain't got time for this nonsense and all you are is some hen nose-wearing, no, ring-nose-wearing, wimp-reasted, uh, uh, crybaby Sally that's not willing and not, not brave enough to stand up and lead his family. And it's a fact. Some of you ladies like it that way. Had to get that in too. <laughs> we need to be men. We need to lead our society is in desperate need of leaders but be careful you see what what takes place in politics against a man that's just trying to lead the country and you see the you see all the problems that he's having may i say may i say that is minimal in comparison to when you as a man of god will stand up and say god i want to do it And I want to be what you want me to be. And I'm going to do everything I can to read your word every day and and pray and and apply these things and and, and ask you to change my heart and change my way of thinking and and get rid of the filth and and help me to have godly thoughts and, and godly direction in my life and love my wife as I should and raise my children as I should I'm telling you, when you say that if you haven't been doing that, and you say, hey, it's today's the day of change, and today it starts, as soon as you walk out this door, the devil is gonna hit you right smack in the jaw. And all I can say is what scripture says is to be a man. Be a man. Luke 7. Verse 19. And John. That's John the Baptist calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? You know where John was at? John was in prison. You know why John was in prison? Because he was at the king that he said that you shouldn't be committing adultery and threw him into jail. And so now here he is. He's the one that had a special calling to go out and go before Christ and announce his coming and that prepare the way for our savior, the behold the lamb of God. And so he'd been given that specific ministry and and now he's coming to the end of his ministry, and coming to the end of his life, and and here he is in jail, and even John the Baptist, who's been strong, and and, and been one that that, that God has used in a very powerful manner, and and now even John, and you see just an inkling of a little bit of a weak moment, and and so he sends his guys, he says, hey, let's just make sure, okay, I just want to make sure that that, that, that I'm fulfilling the, the calling of God on my life and, and send him out and say, ask him and say, Jesus, is this really you? When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or look we for another? In that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits and many that were blind. He gave sight. He did that. While those guys were standing there with him, he said, hey, I I hear your question. Hold on just a moment. And he makes this blind woman stand and be able to see again. She takes this man over here, this lady that's lying there and, and can't get up, and he heals her. And then he helps this one back here that couldn't speak and fixes him where he could speak. And Then Jesus looks at them, answering, said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Hey, John, it's me. You have no worries. I'm going to see you again here shortly. And so you just know that the one that you have prepared the way for, you've done a good job. Because now you look and see what Jesus says about John. Look at this. This comes from God Himself, recorded in God's Word, so that over 2,000 years later, we're still reading about the commendation. That he gave to John the Baptist, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? Why, why did you go out there? What what were you looking to see? Were you looking for a reed shaken with the wind? Did you expect him to be some? Fickle, wavering, doctrinal coward or an opportunist? Did, did you think that, that he was going to go with the wind of whatever the culture is saying? Did do you really think that he was going to be some kind of a reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? Did, did you go out to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Did you go out, and here it is, this is my translation, but it is factual. Did you go out expecting to see some man wearing a tutu? Did you see him wearing skin conditioner and long eyelashes that he put on at the salon? Did he have his nails done? That is what Jesus was asking in this soft raiment. Did you see some guy acting like a woman? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. And yeah, you know what? Those kings were ungodly. Many of them were sodomites. Many of them, there were adulterers. Many of them were ungodly in all practices of their lives. And and did you expect him to be fashionably, fashionably dressed in some $5,000 suit and Flying around in a sixty-six million dollar jet. Did you? I don't know. Maybe. Did you expect him to be riding in on a chrome donkey? (laughs) Did you expect him to be living luxuriously? Luxuriously. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet. Yeah, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, that are, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, we, we know that in, in that aspect, he's talking about John is preparing the way, but, but those of us that are born now, we, we are entering directly into that very kingdom of God, and, and we're not preparing for the Messiah to come. We already have the Messiah. So we look to him. But how great was John for God himself to give him a com- commendation. What did John wear? Does anyone know? Yeah. Exactly. Camel's hide. Loincloth. What do you eat? Yeah. Locust. Hmm. I don't know that they had I am not I'm not sure that they had chocolate back then either. You well? Know? You know, I could probably eat one if it was deep fat fried. Once. Crawdads. That'd be all right. Maybe we can, instead of locusts, we'll call them crawdads. You know what I say? You know what you see, though? You see a man. And you see a man that just wasn't focused and cared about the things of the world. He cared only about the things of God. And guys, that's what we need. We need, first of all, for ourselves to care nothing but for God. And when we care nothing but those things of God, you will love your wife the way you ought to. And you will lead your children the way that you ought to. Because the relationship is the way that it needs to be. And so men stand up and be, be a man. And then he tells us, be strong. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All of us are tempted to slack. There will be temptations to turn back to the world. There will be times where you will be pressed to quit. You will have those of your friends that will tell you how good of a life they have with none of those chains any longer on their neck and try to lead you back to that. We'll tell ourselves that we can do these things because, hey, I need them. And in this society, if you need it, you ought to be able to have it. You deserve it. God said, no, you don't. All you need is me. There are going to be those that will try to convince you otherwise. And so I quote the famous words of Teddy Roosevelt, who I'm not sure was a spiritual leader, but he definitely had some good quotes about being a man. Weasel words from mollycoddles will never do when the day demands prophetic clarity. From great hearts, manly men must emerge for this hour of trial. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong, and God will bless. God will bless. Do you believe it? Do you truly believe it? I mean, we probably all say that, yes, I I believe that if I call upon Jesus Christ, I shall be saved. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. I believe what it says, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that. I believe that there's none other name under heaven given by God other than Jesus Christ that we are to be saved. I believe that. I believe that Jesus Christ will save whoever you are, whatever you've done and and maybe you're looking at your life and you're saying, you know what, I failed. I failed and now there's absolutely no hope for me. Yes, there is. God can do all kinds of restoration. God can do all kinds of, of mending. God can do all kinds of miracles in your life and and, and here you need to, first of all, call upon Christ to be your Savior. Do you know Him as your Savior? Maybe some of you have been living the lie and trying to tell everybody that you that you are saved, but you go out there and you you live like the devil every day, and, and you're doing things that are not godly and that are not right, and you know that they're not right, and you really don't care. Look, if you're living that way and you really don't care, then I'm sorry to say, but there is no possible way that you can have the Holy Spirit living in you because He will be convicting you. And you'll be miserable. You will be miserable. If you're not miserable in your sin, then you need to trust Christ as your Savior. And I know that's pretty hard to say, but you need to. And I tell you that because I love you. And I want you to know the truth. And I want to see you one day in heaven and I want to see your wife in heaven. And I want to see your children in heaven. Because what we have here is a short time. And let's trust Him. There is no rest, there is no time out. There's no one else but you. If God isn't first and your priority, then you need to understand that sometimes that wheel is slow, but the path will be hard. And the best outcome that you will have, you will be broken, your family will be humbled, you will be begging for God's grace and mercy, and you'll see everything disintegrate in front of you. God does not understand when you replace Him or push Him aside. That's men or women, either one. And that's even you who are children today. Your parents are godly enough that they bring you to hear the Word of God. And guess what? You're going to be responsible for your actions. You need to listen to what God's telling you. And we need to look to Him. So guys, be men of God. Be men of God. You might say, man, I'll do all I can, but I don't know if my family's going to follow me. Be a man of God. Be a man of God. It's really the only choice that you ought to have. Be a man of God. If they choose not to follow you, that's on them. And God will deal with them. You know what you'll find out? God is the hammer that breaks the stone. And God can change your family. You might think that it's too late and there's no way but I'm saying that God is the God of all mercy and of all grace and of all power and is still in the work of miracles today. And he can make your family exactly what will bring honor and glory to him. But it starts with us. It starts with us as men. Be, a men, of, be men of God and watch your family grow and be what they need to be. Stand for right. Stand for righteousness. Stand for holiness. Starts in your own life, filters through your family, and God will bless. God will bless. Let's pray. Father, you know I I didn't want to preach this today. You know the struggles I don't, I don't want to be offensive if your word's offensive then I pray that you offend all day long and that you convict in the hearts The Lord I know in, in my life I know how there's been times where I know I know for a fact that you, the Holy Spirit, have come to me. I think of an instance right now in my mind where you convicted me to the point that I knew that if I didn't get that right at that very moment that I believe I was going to die. I do believe that. And God, I pray that as we speak hard and tough words, And blunt. That, Lord, you take that bluntness and convict the hearts of these guys that are here. There's not any one of us sitting here as a man today, as a man of God, that couldn't do something different. And you are showing us today what that is. Even those who are single today, you're showing them. And I pray that they will have the courage To do exactly what it is that you're showing them that they need to be doing. And God, I pray you do a fantastic work in their lives. And Lord, for those who are fathers today, we hear the word privilege thrown around so much today. Lord, it's a privilege, first and foremost, to be a child of God. Secondly, Lord, it's a privilege to be a dad, to be a husband and to be a dad and it's a wonderful privilege and I pray that we never squander that but I pray that you will help us to be exactly that what you want us to be and bring honor and glory to you let us never take our families lightly but let us stand for what's true and right Father, I pray that you do a work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you soften the hearts of each one who's here. And Lord, I just, I, uh, I don't want people to be mad at me. I hope these guys understand the hardness of this. But I also hope that they understand the love that I have for them, but more so your love that you have for them and that it's in your love that we need to be aware that you have responsibilities given to us and you don't take them lightly and nor should we and so i pray that they heed the warning i pray if there's things that they need to get right and if they need to do business with you that lord even as we're praying right now they're doing so Lord, that they always are welcome to come and to open their hearts here on the altar or come to the office and we can talk and look at the scripture and together, together we can challenge each other to be the men of God that we ought to be. Lord, our families need you. We're falling apart. Our country's a wreck. Our community is a disaster. Our churches are just reeling. Father, we don't want that. We truly do want to be blessed by you. And I pray that you help us in that. Help us to endeavor to be godly in all we do. Guide us, Lord, and direct us. Do a work in our hearts. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want you to just...